0: Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Alberti. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we'll be joined by Nick Del Torre from GatorsCountry.com to discuss the latest on the coronavirus and how it's impacted SEC football and SEC sports in general. We'll get his thoughts on the end of the Florida baseball season and what it means for the program moving forward. And we'll also talk some UF football and how Dan Mullen and company will be able to navigate these next few months better than most programs. Here is my conversation
1: with Nick this week. We're now joined by Nick Del Torre from GatorCountry.com to catch up with him on what he's been up to with no football, no baseball, and no sports for us to
2: enjoy. Nick, welcome back into Locked on Gators. How's it going? I'm the Pablo Escobar meme where he's just sitting on the swing set by himself and he's in a pool by himself and kind of just looking around. That's me, just walking into the different rooms in my house and staring at the wall.
1: <laughs> I think that that's all of us. March was <laughs> such a long month. We're now into April you and I will touch on some of the football news that's been happening this week. I'll get your thoughts on Florida baseball and what the future holds for that program. But I'm going to start with the most important question facing this country right now, Nick. And that is, have
2: you watched Tiger King yet? Absolutely. Hell, you, know, you crazy cats and kittens. Carol has absolutely killed her husband and fed him to the Tigers. You can't change my mind about that. I feel like the government, like, this has been, like, none of this stuff is new. I feel like the government was just, like, waiting for some terrible thing to happen. I was like, oh, okay. It all just hit the fan, Release the Tiger documentary. That'll, that'll keep them, you know, for 48 hours. They'll take everyone's attention off something because, I mean, other than our friend Ryan Young, I don't know anyone that has not watched Tiger King. You can tell from all the time you've heard me on the tailgate, I get picked
1: on for not being up on the latest Netflix and movies, but even I had to sit down. And watching. So uh, yeah, it's definitely entertaining. We saw that it wasn't Kirby Smart's cup of tea, but all the SEC football coaches have been getting asked about it, man. And we're supposed to be enjoying SEC spring football right now. That's not happening. There's no baseball going on. What's
2: this been like for you, man? I mean, we haven't experienced anything like this in our lives. From our standpoint, you know, we're reporters, content creators. There's no better time if you're a content creator than like right now. It's like, hey, everyone's got all the time To consume any content you're putting out, and it's like, all right, cool. All right, well, what am I, what am I writing about? Like, what's going on? Like, hey, I'm not trying to do, and not not knocking people that are doing it, but I'm not trying to do twenty stories of like Florida Gator, Mount Rushmore, who are the best four women's volleyball players at Florida, who are the best four, you know, who's on your Mount Rushmore, Florida football. I'm not trying to do that kind of stuff. Now, come back to me in July if there's nothing going on. Maybe I've done an entire series of that, but. It's just a crazy time. For us to not have sports, you know, sports is such a release for a lot of people. It's our job. But, you know, the guy that works 80-hour a week doing construction, he wants to come home and have dinner and crack a beer and whatever's on. If it's hockey, if it's baseball, basketball, just put something on. Forget what you're doing. And and I think that release has kind of been taken away from a lot of people. It's just a completely unprecedented time you know, that that we're living through right now. And um, you can kind of only just watch the CDC and, and the World Health Organization and, and kind of just follow along and, and see what's happening there.
1: No doubt. And obviously uh, the state of Florida joined several other states in uh, putting in a stay-at-home order. So Nick and I have just been hanging out, and we've been watching all the news that's been circulating this week in terms of college football. We know that there's no baseball, no basketball. All the other sports for the spring have been canceled. But now there's some talk, Nick, that the football season might be affected by this, whether it's Mm. started at a later date. What do you make of how the college football sport has been affected by this with no spring ball, the SEC spring meetings have been canceled, we're probably not going
2: to have media days. Mm. A lot has changed now for the next couple months. Well, they're they're still, like, holding on. They really want – I think if if we get to the point where SEC media days is canceled, because the SEC loves that, like, they're – front and center, everyone's watching, who's going to say what, what shoes is Dan Mullen wearing when he goes to talk, and if media days get canceled, shoot, we're, the government puts us on, you know, like quarantine, social distancing, send it through April, so, I mean, we're looking at it, media days in July, it, it's interesting, so, to me, start with spring, very few spring sports, like LSU baseball runs in the black, Florida baseball Runs in the red, like they—they're not making money. No spring sport at Florida is, is turning a profit. Football and basketball turn profits for Florida, so I think Scott Strickland, when we talked to him, and I think you were on that call, it was like, "What's the financial impact?" He's like, "Oh, it's none. Like we're not worried about the financial impact at all." Like I think, if anything, the schools are making money by not running the spring sports, you know, the rest of the way through. Football's a different thing, totally. Football is so big. Florida makes enough money in football to support all of the other sports, pay all of the coaches and people that work, pay their salaries, then give a gigantic financial gift to the school and still be profitable. Like, Florida football makes money, enough money to run the rest of the school and their entire operation. And that's the same that statement holds true for so many other campuses. Like, you couldn't have, without Florida football, you couldn't have Florida women's basketball. You couldn't have Florida baseball. You couldn't have women's soccer. Like You couldn't have these other things without football. That's why I think when we're talking about, will football be canceled completely? I think the entire country would have to be still quarantined through the rest of the year. I think that they will get as creative as possible. Will opening weekend kick off Halloween? If that's what they need to do, I think they'll find any way whether it's playing only conference games, whether it's playing, you know, some kind of truncated shorter season, whether it means kickoff on Christmas, I think the NCAA and the presidents and athletic directors will find any way possible to have some kind of season. It's just, there's just too much financially at stake to not have a football season for all these schools. Agreed. And there's no doubt, too, that I think with how far
1: out it is, You hope that with the summer months and all the measures that we've been taking across the country, that this opportunity is going to present itself. And you also have the possibility of a vaccination hitting the market, which maybe could have an impact on when they would be able to play. We're speaking with Nick Bellator from GatorCountry.com. Nick, as you look at how the teams around college football, specifically in the SEC and right here in the Sunshine State, have been affected by not having spring ball. Obviously all the coaches, would have loved to get out there with their players and get that work in, But I do feel like Florida is one of those teams and programs that are going to be able to withstand this better. And if you look at their championship aspirations and what they hope to accomplish in 2020 and what their other contenders are having to go through with new quarterbacks, change of coaches, change of coordinators, all those teams are not going to be able to iron out those things in the spring, whereas the Gators um, are hopefully, with Kyle Trask and a lot of other starters returning, are going to be able to keep it
2: humming once this thing is all over, right? Well, last week or it was earlier this week. All the weeks are the same right now. <laughs> I'm losing. I, I, I like I go through an entire day like operating like Tuesday. I operated like oh it's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, and and then someone's like no man like you're confusing me. Today's Tuesday. I'm like oh, does it even matter? Does it matter if it's Tuesday or Friday? Um, so it was sometime last week or early this week where the SEC previously. Because they didn't know how to operate it fairly, there was no interaction between coaches and players in terms of football. If a player texts you and says, "Hey, coach, like this is what's going on," you can check in with them and be able to say, like, you know, "Hey, how are you doing? Are you healthy? Have mom, dad, brother, whatever?" But you couldn't do football stuff. So now they allowed them to do football stuff. So like David Turner can get on a Zoom conference with all of his defensive linemen, and they can run through you know, install and stuff like that. It can't be more than, I think, 10 hours a week. So, like, two hours a day, Monday through Friday. They can hold meetings and stuff like that. So, that might help a school like LSU, who literally, I think, only returned at Orgeron, or Georgia, who's working in, you know, uh, new coordinators and new quarterbacks. That might help them. But, yeah, I think if you're looking at it from a standpoint of this in, in this wild time that we're living through, you know, from my opinion, the teams that will fare the best will be the ones that return the most and have that kind of experience and aren't working in, you know, brand-new coaching stuff. I mean, look at FSU. Everyone's new. Every single coach is new except, you know, Odell. To that, you know, Dan Mullen talks about so much. When you're building a culture as, as a new coach, it's working every day and setting a standard. And now, fortunately, for like someone like Mike Marvell, how are you doing that? It's impossible to do that. So I think Florida, from the standpoint of, year three of a program or someone like, you know, in in Alabama or Clemson, and they're in, you know, decades of being in a program, definitely much better suited than, uh, you know, a school like Georgia or or LSU or Florida State that is, has so much new around their programs. No
1: doubt. And that's, I think, a silver lining for Florida fans to take away as much as you guys would love to be out there at these open practices and seeing the football team. So would Georgia (laughs) and so would Florida State and, LSU, which is bringing a new quarterback and a new coordinator, and all those teams are not going to be able to get that work in this month. So that's definitely, I think, an an advantage for Florida. Let's switch gears to baseball, Nick, and obviously you were in the midst of the season the last time that we talked and we were discussing the best team in the country and what the future could have held for Kevin O'Sullivan's team. What has it been like to see – the fallout from this and, and all the news that the players have received as far as getting an extra year of eligibility and, and now what the future
2: holds for their team. Yeah. So I think the NCAA, the division one council is the one that actually voted on it. because The NCAA kind of get blanket. You get an extra year of eligibility. Um, but the D one council kind of had to vote and come up with how they're going to do it. They're going to allow any senior to come back and not count against a roster limit. Um there's roster limit for all the sports. And and that's incredible for softball and gymnastics and I mean you know, equestrian Florida doesn't have a team, but that's a SEC sport and tennis and outdoor track. That's great for those seniors, especially the ones that don't have professional leagues. Softball is a professional league, but you're not making, you know, life changing money playing professional softball, uh, you know, in today's day and age. So for a senior in softball, no-brainer. Yeah, I'm coming back, of course. Baseball's a different story. The The baseball draft takes kids right from high school. When you're a a senior baseball player, Jake Mangum um, has been the, was the face of the SEC for three years. He got drafted in, I think, the eighth, seventh or eighth round by the Mets, and he signed for $15,000. That's nothing. But he was a senior. He didn't have a negotiating chip. So that's why you see – the best college players leave after their junior year because they have a negotiating chip of, hey, you drafted me, but if you don't meet me in the middle or hit, wh- hit what I'm asking for, I'm going to go back to school. And you can try to draft me next year. If it works out for you, it works out. If not, this is what you signed me for. So that's going to be interesting to see how Florida had some draft-eligible sophomores. They have two years of that bargaining chip, and guys like Tommy Mace and Jack Leftwich, they're going to be gone. We don't, we're not even sure how... The MLB draft is going to work in terms of how many rounds, but it's only going to be five to ten rounds instead of the normal 40. Tommy and Jack are second, third-round guys. They're going to make six figures, if not seven figures. They're going to be gone. What it really affects is, okay, well, Florida had 35 guys on their roster last year. Let's say you lose the two Tommy and Jack, you're down to 33 you have two seniors and Kirby and Austin Langworthy that uh, won't kind of get you. You're at 31. You find 16 kids. Like there's no way to get back down to that 35. So while the D1 council did the right thing for the players, they shouldn't lose a year of their life and something they've worked for. This is going to have ripple effects, not just in the 2021 season for baseball, but three, four years down the line because you're going to have these rosters that are gigantic. And if, Guys can't transfer, say, Florida has a junior or a sophomore who's like, hey, I'm not in the mix anymore. I was going to be in the mix, but now I'm not. I want to transfer somewhere. Well, you have to sit out of here. Well, there's no point because now I'm going to be a junior. I'm not going to come back and be a redshirt junior and stuff like this. So the NCAA D1 Council did the right things for the players, which I love, and I, and I appreciate that the NCAA is looking out for the student athlete. They don't always do that. But there's still so many questions, and and even talking to Kevin O'Sullivan this week, and he's still trying to wrap his mind around it. And he gets paid a lot more than I do to try to wrap his mind around this stuff.
1: We're speaking with Nick Del Torre from GatorCountry.com. Final couple things for you, Nick, just uh, wrapping up with this baseball team. I know the 2020 season is over, but what do you think the potential could have been for this team? How much is that going to
2: eat up? Kevin O'Sullivan and these players that they would have never been able to figure that out. Yeah. I did an interview with Tommy Mace and and I think he said it best was like, I just want to have one more, like another tournament or another game with these guys. Like we walked off the field after losing to Florida state, not knowing that that was the last time we were going to play a game together. And that's the fact of the matter. You know, sure the freshmen will get to play with the other freshmen sophomores and some guys, but, that team, uh, and they were really special. I think they really came together um, during the off season. They were cocky, confident, loose. They played really well. I thought the sky was the limit for them. I thought for sure Florida was going to be a super regional host. So, you know, one of the top eight teams in the country. And, and I'm looking at them and watching as much baseball as I do, thinking this is a team that I, I think you're looking at. You, you think, yeah, that team belongs in Omaha, just the way that they were playing and the pitching and the depth that they had. And then I'm talking to a guy like Tommy Mace, who Walks off the field on that Tuesday night, so it was at FSU, and he's thinking, all right, I got Georgia Friday, top, a matchup of two pitchers who are going to be top draft picks. Emerson Hancock's going to be a top five pick in the draft uh, whenever they have it. And I think the biggest thing was that nobody knew what was going to happen because even that week you're thinking, okay, well, we're still going to play just with no fans, which is kind of weird, but the season's still on. So I think that's the, the biggest feeling among the guys is just that, the abruptness of the end and trying to, I think some of them probably still wake up and can't believe that, hey, I'm never going to play on that team again. And that's not just baseball. I mean, softball and gymnastics. Floor Gymnastics was probably on their way or had a very good chance to to win a national championship this year. And all of a sudden, with a snap of the finger, the season's over. And not only will they not get to play on that team again, but they won't get to play in McKeithen Stadium.
1: And the last memory that they and all the fans will have will be, the loss to FSU, which is just the worst taste to have in your mouth. No, not the best taste. Not great, Bob. (laughs) Do you think that they might have like a, I don't know, like a ceremony or some type of one
2: last event at McKeithen before it gets knocked down? I I don't know. So I was running around, went to the baseball stadium, was walking around. They've already started like clearing out some of the offices and, um, and they're moving some stuff. They've obviously already put the, you know, the turf in and stuff at the new stadium. I don't think they're... And that's been the biggest question. Like, a lot of Florida fans, I'm not trying to, like, knock them, but, like, they're not baseball fans. They're Florida football fans. And they love the Gators more, you know, more than anything, but baseball's not moving the needle for them. So I got a ton of questions about, okay, well, does that mean they can knock the stadium down now and start building the football complex? I'm like, I don't even know, one, if those plans are completely final, if they have enough money begin construction on the new football place. And also don't think they're ready. And Scott Strickland told us that the timeline hasn't changed. So I think that the timeline hasn't changed at all for that. But, yeah, I, I don't know how long McKeithen will be standing or how long we'll be on quarantine. But it would be it would nice, even if it's like an alumni, you shouldn't have an alumni game because then they'll be coming up. and like, split the team in half and do like that. So at the end of fall, they do what they call the Orange and Blue World Series. And they've been scrimmaging all, all off season all fall and then they'll do a best-of-three games, something like that, just to for someone to come around and, and to see a game there again. I mean, the stadium has been there since 1988, um, you know, since since I was born. The stadium has been there, and it's definitely an unceremonious end to go out, you know, getting shut out by, by FSU.
1: Yeah, and right now we're all getting shut out by coronavirus. Ugh. Look, stay home, wash your hands. Social distance, and you can save college football. You can be a hero this year. I can be a hero? You can be a hero. My mom always told me that I would never amount to nothing just sitting on my sofa watching TV, and yet here I am saving the world. (laughs) Take that, Mom. Appreciate
0: Nick for his time and perspective, and that will do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On the next show, we're going to start our themes for the month of April. First up on the Locked On Sports Network is the best seasons in school history, and so we'll kick that off next week looking at the greatest Florida football teams of the past. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day.